Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrier, and I am here with Ryan Glick. I almost say click. (laughs) Um, So we're here today because we're going to learn about Ryan and what he's got going on in his life and his journey, his story. Um, I'm sure we have an amazing show for us today, so I'm excited to introduce Ryan. Ryan, let's rock and roll, brother. Yeah, man. Hey, I appreciate you having me on here. This is going to be fun. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you want to hear the story. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I was kind of thinking back before getting on here today with you back to where I came from and and everything like that. And, you know, I I had a good childhood. I had great parents. Uh, You know, I hear a lot of stories of people who had uh, a lot of the things that define where they're at today has to do with a tough childhood or a tough moment throughout their life. And so I started reflecting back on my own life and I'm just, you know, asking myself like, what, you know, what did I have to go through that was tough? And uh, there, there's not a ton of things that I can look back on and say, man, I had it so hard because I didn't. And I was very fortunate from that standpoint. But I also, um, it, it's kind of weird to say this, but I think there's also a little bit of cur- a curse to that because because things were so you know smooth and easy and things of that nature, it's very easy and it has been very easy for me to get too comfortable in life and settle because, hey, this is, you know, when, when something's so easy and you've never had to step outside your comfort zone because you just, you just haven't, um, that's where I found myself a lot, of the, a lot of the time throughout my life. And um, even out of uh, college, uh, my oldest brother, um, I've always been really close to my oldest brother. He, uh, he was a professional boxer for a number of years back when, uh, when I would have been in middle school. And so it was awesome having that tough older brother that, uh, could kind of teach me to defend myself and all that. And so when I got out of school, uh, he had a, uh, web hosting company and this would have been back in the early two thousands, uh, late nine, uh, early two thousands. And so I went and I worked for him and, I had such a great opportunity to work for a small business, work for my brother. And man, I did not take advantage of that situation. <laughs> so what do you mean? Like what you, you yeah. Tell, expand on that. A little yeah, bit. No, for sure. This is, this is something, and I know we, we, we don't want to look back on our past and have regrets and things like that. But if there's one thing in my life that I look back on, on occasion and, and just realize that I blew a great opportunity is that, um, you know, this is a business that although I didn't, own the business is my brother's business. I mean, I basically was running the thing with him. You know, I, I managed the, uh, the office in, uh, Des Moines, Iowa, where I'm located. And, uh, basically 
I would spend all my extra time. I'd get through the jobs that we had, you know, I'd go out and I'd work with small businesses, help them with, uh, you know, whatever problems they may be having. And then I would just be looking for when the day would end so I could go and be entertained. Right. So I'd go meet up with friends and go play soccer, go play basketball, do whatever we're going to do. There was zero personal growth. None of that. Uh, there was zero thinking about how I can help grow the business. Um, it was just purely, even though it was our own business, it, I was treating it like a nine to five. And I did that for a couple of years, you know, making hardly any money because that's kind of how the small business thing goes. And then I'm presented with a, you know, fortune 500 offer <laughs> from a big company where you're seeing real money and I couldn't pass it down. And, and then there we go. And then, you know, I move out of that situation where I had this uh, perfect spot where I had, you know, I wasn't married. I didn't have any kids at that time. And so really no baggage, which is a great, a great opportunity when you're wanting to be an entrepreneur to um, grow a business and take chances and risks without uh, a lot, well, with very little risk. And uh, yeah, I just didn't take advantage of that. And so that's probably the one thing I look back on. Well, so when looking back at that, so, you know, what struck me, so, okay, you said, well, I wasn't really making, you know, I wasn't really making a whole lot of money because it was a small business and I got this great offer. Then what, what was the, has, has the business, the bro, your brother's business, has it done well? Um, so he, he went for probably, I would say another couple of years after that, and he ended up closing the business um, wholesale. It started out as a web hosting company and, uh, it was kind of the prime time for when he started it because that was back, you know, early days of GoDaddy and some of those big hosting companies. And so he, I mean, the business was doing really well, but we just, you know, as a him and I, we didn't really adapt it. We were trying to get into some more IT services, which actually were, was working. And I, I realized today, looking back that if I would have done things, uh, you know, a little bit differently, we probably could have exploded that business into something uh, that would still be around today. And sure. so I feel a little, I feel a little regret for that and not doing my part and putting in the effort that I really should have done. Yeah, dude, I think we've probably all been in, you know, at some, in some shape, form or fashion, wish we would have taken a little bit different road, but you know, as you know, or I would assume, you know, at this point, since you're Arte, this is, you know, this is where we can make those better decisions. This is where we have to capitalize on, whatever it is. And I think that we're going to get into that. So, um, so, you know, maybe it was the right thing. It, clearly it was, you came out okay. And, and now maybe you're getting ready to explore on something that you're more passionate about, you know, so there was a reason behind it, but I do understand yep. what you're saying for sure. For sure. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's where I think it's at now. It's just, uh, and, and I think for, you know, for anybody who's going through and having the challenges of, uh, you know, trying to get motivated to start something different, um, just having the having the mindset that even realizing that you need something different is, I, I think, a, a success is a win. Because, I mean, I can attest to the fact that, um, you know, when you when I went into that that next job, um, I basically you know, you can fast forward five, 10 years and it just went by like that. Right. And I, I wasn't thinking about anything, really anything else. I mean, time just flew so fast. And then I finally got to the point where probably about three years ago, where I realized that, you know, I have different types of aspirations, um, in more of the entrepreneurial space and a uh, business partner and I, you know, we, I went through a few ventures before I connected with him, but 
you know, going back three years ago, I actually ran a, in 2017, I ran a podcast for um, all of that year, uh, published about, I think it was 52 episodes doing interviews and things. And uh, it was a really cool experience. I really enjoyed it. Sure. Um, but I was, I was doing it for the wrong reasons. Okay. I, mean, I was chasing money and uh, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, I'm going to start this to earn money rather than start it to help people. And when you get into something with that intention and you lose focus of the value that you're going to provide, I mean, I found out really quickly that when I wasn't focused on the value and I was focused on the money and the money wasn't coming because why would it when I'm not providing value? Um, it just quickly, the, the idea and the uh, intensity and, and everything like that just dried up pretty quickly. And so I get to the end of that year and uh, basically just called it quits. Isn't that crazy how, you know, if you, you're right, dude, like if you go into whatever it is you're doing, you know, and, and this podcast's great example, you know, I have absolutely no idea how to monetize this. I am not, that wasn't the reason I'm doing it. Yeah. So like if somebody were to ask me, oh, well, how are, hell if I know, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm not doing it for that reason. So I don't know. But what I think we both know is if you, if you do things with the right intention, you're somehow it comes around or whatever the case may be, but you have to still have the right intention, not the intention of I'm going to do it for the right intention and wait for the check to come in the mail. Cause that's bullshit. Yeah. You just have to absolutely, fucking do absolutely. it from your, you know, you just have to be an honest, you know, people kick around the word authentic and, and, and genuine. And, but, but really that's what it is. If you're, if you are those things, your life, gets better and it does get easier and shit does pay off anyway go ahead sorry yeah no no it's it's so true and i think the other thing to add to that is i also felt um i mean the topic so it was a family themed podcast right and i felt i felt like a fraud doing it too because i felt like uh you know i'm a i have three young kids um i have right now i have a nine-year-old a six-year-old and a four-year-old and been married for 13 years and um at the time when I was doing this and I had these young kids and I'm sitting here on this podcast preaching about, you know, preaching, but also interviewing people talking about how to be a better parent, how to build better relationships. And here I am someone who's neglecting my family while doing, doing this. And so, you know, I felt like a fraud and it was hard sometimes to talk about the topics because, um, you know, I thought to myself, I'm going to talk about these topics because they're things I need to work on myself and improve. But in the end, I didn't necessarily do that. I wasn't actively looking for ways to become a better dad. You know, one of the themes of the podcast was, you know, get out of the office and into the backyard. And I was never in my backyard. I was always in my office or doing something else. So it was just, it was just a really weird experience, but it was, it was good for me. In the end, it was good for me because it woke me up to the fact that I I had, I was getting into things with the wrong intentions and it took a couple more a couple more mistakes in uh, 2000, early 2018 before I finally snapped out of this uh, money chasing thing that I was going on uh, and then finally got to where I'm at today where I actually have some traction and I'm, I'm putting in, I'm committed to my clients and my current business and doing everything I can to help them with the financial side of it being the afterthought. I mean, you have to be, you have to be profitable in the business, but at the same time, you know, you provide that value and value and value and do everything you can, which obviously we learn about in Arte. It's, uh, it just, it feels good. It makes you feel good. And that feeling 
that you get when you provide that value to somebody or you get that thank you and you, you know that they sincerely mean it, man, that's, there's not much better than that feeling of uh, just that satisfaction. Dude, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. 100%. Um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I, I yeah, you're, you're definitely on point. Dude. You're absolutely on point. Attention contractors of the successful life podcast. Want to supercharge your business decisions? We've got something just for you. Head over to our website, successfullifepodcast.com and click on the free download button to grab your copy of warning when hiring a leadership coach. Equip yourself with the insights you need to make informed decisions for your business. Don't miss out. Yeah, so I'll, I'll touch on the two other things that I did in 2018 because I think it's pretty uh, it's pretty common today, I think, with a lot of the whole entrepreneur space. And I mean, that's the whole reason that Arte is what it is right now is that because I fell into the other, you know, I fell into the whole entrepreneurial guru community, right, where... Um, I was looking to start something. I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to be a business owner. Um, I wasn't necessarily sure what I wanted to do. So I started looking for opportunities. And so I started chasing things. So after the podcast, then I ended up getting into an Amazon business, which everybody has an Amazon business, right? No, and- actually, I want you to expand on that a little bit. <laughs> what, so I, yeah, tell me, just, just go into that for a moment. Cause I don't, uh, you hear about, I hear about it, but I, I don't yeah. know what the hell that even, I mean, I don't know how that, I have no idea how that works. Yeah. So here's how it worked for us. There's a bunch of different models to go into this, but um, again, I, I should say, I should preface the whole thing with, I went into this with the idea that I was going to make a ton of money. <laughs> that, sure. that was my, that was my intention. So wrong intentions to start with. Um, but anyway, I went into this, uh, basically bought a course right? And bought an expensive course and learned how to buy wholesale products from distributors and have them shipped to my house, uh, package them up and send them to Amazon for Amazon to then fulfill and send to people. So I was basically uh, just, I would call up distributors all around the country and try to find, uh, get their product lists. So I'd find out every single product that they have. Give me an example. Um, I mean, it's really obscure things like uh, little model cars okay. or, uh, you know, things like that. It could be, it could be a household supplies, you know, kitchen supplies, things like that. It really didn't matter. I didn't care what it was. Um, as long as it, there's certain categories on Amazon that are protected okay. that you have to be, you have to be given permission basically to sell in those categories. And so anything that was outside of those kind of path of least resistance to sell the easier products is where um, I focused. And mm. So I, I, you know, started calling around trying to find, uh, you know, different distributors. But the problem is, is that it was really, and this wasn't, well, I should say that I gave up too easy on the whole thing because there was a lot of uh, other people doing the same thing that we were doing. And so a lot of the distributors were getting tired of people calling and asking for their pick lists. I mean, they wanted, they're in business to sell their products, but at the same time, they, they didn't have a lot of trust for all these random people you know, reaching out, getting their lists of whatever products they have available, and then turning around and not buying anything from them because none of the products are going to be profitable on Amazon. Okay, so just help me just kind of paint this picture for me. So if I call whoever, XYZ company, and they have model cars, they would send me a list of their inventory with the prices? 
Exactly. Yep. With the wholesale cost. And then if there's like a minimum order, so a certain quantity you have to buy. And so then as an Amazon seller, you take that list and you go out to Amazon and you cross-reference that list with Amazon and see if you can price anything and and make a profit. You know, you're looking for that, um, the difference between what you're going to buy at a wholesale versus what you can sell it. Wow. That's Um, interesting. Yeah, it, it is. And what you end up happening happening because there's so many people doing it, it ends up on Amazon. Uh, it's good for the consumer, but for people selling, you have a race to the bottom on the pricing. So you start having new sellers coming in and the way that it works, if you have a product out there that's listed as uh, fulfillment by Amazon, okay. so it's a prime, a prime product. Sure. It's uh, you, you share the, the buy box, you know, the, the buy box with, anybody else who has that same price. So if you price the same, it just rotates between all the different. Okay. So if there's five people with the same fucking model car, then everybody gets a turn. Yes. And you as the consumer really, you don't even really know because Amazon's the one who's picking that off their warehouse shelves and sending it to you. And so you don't, you don't care and you don't really know, but it's switching between certain people depending on where their uh, price is at on the product. Okay, so did you have to? I, I guess it would only make sense. You had to purchase the product first from them, right? From the manufacturer, distributor. Yep, yep. So we would purchase it. Yeah, okay. Exactly. So we'd purchase it and so now, it right? So now you've got you know five hundred model cars because you need to get it for forty nine cents each, and that was the price break, right? What the hell happened? I mean, did you get stuck with product? No, not a lot. Some, okay. there was some product in the end that we got stuck with, um, ma- made some mistakes on products too. We, you know, I thought it would be cool to get into music and mu- music was a protected category. And so, um, we got approved for selling, uh, and by music, I mean like selling vinyls and CDs and things okay. like that. Um, but it turns out that Amazon actually charges additional fees on in the music category. So it's harder to be profitable in there, especially if you're not selling on uh, high volume. Right. And, uh, So, you know, kind of the long story short with this whole process is that we started doing it. We started hitting some, uh, we started hitting some barriers with the different manufacturers and uh, distributors not wanting to give us their lists anymore because they're getting called by so many people. And, uh, and it just, it just didn't, it wasn't that fun of a business. I felt like I got into it and not that businesses are going to always be fun or anything like that, but at that time, I just, my business partner and I, we were a little bit out of sync and with what we were doing. And, uh, because of that, mainly just time commitment, I had much more time committed to it than he was able to commit to it. And so, you know, our, our 50, 50, uh, business wasn't, you know, wasn't really panning out that way. So in the end, we ended up, uh, cutting ties after that and just shutting down that business, but we weren't left with that much inventory. I think I had like, 10 tablecloths and some other random things <laughs> that, uh, that I probably still have down in my basement. <laughs> so do you feel like, you know, you mentioned the 50, 50 thing, right? Um, yeah. you know, when you go into business for, with someone for me anyway, um, I don't know that it's ever been a 50, 50 deal. Yeah. And, and the way I have to look at it now, because I, you know, I have a partner in the podcast. He just doesn't do the hosting. He handles, he he's handling some of the other shit that I don't want to handle. Yep. And so like, you know, he does his thing. I do my thing and we don't really question, um, 
you know, well, there's, this is not, it's not like we're monetizing the podcast. The point is, is that he's doing some other things that we're going to do down the road that if this were to become really big, which it will, um, then maybe we'll sell apparel or, or something like that. Sure, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. something simple. So, so like he'll handle that part, you know what I mean? And so, but yeah. you know, he lives in a completely different state and I just have to trust that. And, and, and you know what, he's, he's a, you know, he's an RTA brother and like, I trust him from day one. I've trusted him and I've never signed anything. We've never, and, and I don't feel like I need to period. Yeah. And maybe I'll turn out to be the asshole. Who knows? But I highly, <laughs> I highly doubt that. No. Nah, nah. So um, anyway, go ahead, dude. Sorry. No. And, I, but it's a good point. Like, so the question is, is did you know, did I jump to a conclusion that I was thinking it needed to be a 50, 50 split. I wasn't necessarily seeing the time commitment on yeah. both ends of it. Um, maybe, maybe I did. I mean, it was, and it was a family member too. So, I mean, a, a relative that I was involved with and, I think we're, we're just at different spots in our lives too. And so it, I, I think it was better for both of us at that time to kind of go our separate ways. And it allowed me to get, uh, to take a step back, try to figure out what it was that I wanted to do, because I just spent that last year and a half chasing, chasing the dollar, you know, and not necessarily figuring out, you know, are there things in my own niche like i mean my background's in technology i've been a uh, you know a software developer for a number of years and so that's where i was at so am i getting away from what it is that i'm really good at and trying to do all these other random things where i should be looking at what can i do in the software space or in you know, technology space that i could provide value just instantly because it's what i know and it's what i've been doing and that's where i got and that's uh middle of last year middle of 2018, that's when it finally hit me. And I uh, approached uh, a colleague of mine, um, you know, a really brilliant uh, technology guy as well. And I just said, Hey, listen, um, let's, let's build software together. Let's see, let's see what the market, what kind of market needs there are out there in the software space and let's build something. And so we talked about that for a while. And next thing you know, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're partnering and we're, and we started a company and we didn't necessarily go the path that we wanted to go initially. So we wanted to, you know, my, my dream is to basically own a software as a service company. Like I, I love software. I want to build software. I want to own a software company. Um, but we're, we're taking a little bit different path to get there. So we're starting out more in the service space. So we're providing web technology services to small and mid-sized businesses, which really means like we're building websites. We're, um, helping maintain their site, doing enhancements, feature, uh, feature updates. We're building subscription sites or membership sites for customers. Um, so we're doing that, which is more of a, it's not really a, a necessarily a software business, but it's allowing us to learn the ropes running a legitimate company. And sure. uh, so far, so far it's been a really great experience. So, all right. So to help me or help me and, and everybody else that's going to listen to this understand. Um, so if I met you know, if I ran into the ideal person that you would be looking for, for as a customer, how, yeah. how would I know who that person is? Can you show, can you, can you kind of paint that picture for me and, and help me to understand if I, does that make sense? The question? It does. Yeah, it does make sense. And okay. I, I, I would say it's mainly, uh, you know, business owners, business owners with really small, you know, smaller companies, I, you're talking about pe companies that have maybe 
five to 10 employees is probably about where we start. I think the solopreneurs, you know, when you're kind of a one man show, we probably don't provide much value and we probably don't fit into your budget necessarily um, or the services that we offer. So it tends to be a little bit bigger company, but it's a company that they're not going to dedicate a, uh, a technology employee in their company. It just doesn't make sense to pay for that and they don't have a need for it. And so they tend to outsource their technology services. And, uh, a lot of these companies have super outdated websites. You know, they can't be found on uh, Google or anything like that. And they don't feel like they necessarily need it because they've been around for so much time that it's all referrals. Um, but there's, you know, the, the referrals over time, as a lot of their clientele are getting older and older and older, the referrals are going to start to slow down a little bit. So they have to, it's, you know, you, you can't sit there and rest on your laurels, which I think some of these businesses are doing. And we've been working a lot of lo- with a lot of local businesses here in, in the market where I'm at. And uh, it's, it's really those, uh, again, those companies that have outdated sites. But then there's also some companies we've worked with who are uh, newer companies. Maybe they just had a site uh, built by one company and they had a bad experience or that person just disappeared a couple weeks at a time. They just would go missing, which seems to be kind of a horror, common horror story, which um, for my business partner and I just drives us crazy because I grew up personally in a household where my dad just instilled it in us that you have to provide great service. He was a store director for a uh, grocery store for 35 years. And so, you know, I worked for him growing up and service was always his number one thing. In fact, one of the, and I'm going off on a tangent here, but this is kind of an interesting story. But, it's good, man. Um, Go. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that we would do when we take like a family vacation, um, we would often just hop in like this big full size van and go drive somewhere far away, whatever, maybe down to Florida from where we're at. And what he would do is he'd throw a $20 bill in the dash up on the dash. And when we we're driving down, we would go through just, you know, we'd go through the fast food lines or whatever, the drive throughs and uh, the first person to thank us would get that $20 bill. And when I think back on that, I don't ever remember us giving away that $20 bill. It's just like, that's like the, that's the, that's where service is at. And it's, you'll get people saying to you, have a nice day or things like that, which are nice, but that's not, that's not the same as thank you. And when, you know, kind of going back to what I'm talking about with my business right now, when we have companies approach us where they tell us their horror stories of companies that they've worked with, man, it just like, it drives me crazy where a company will have built something and then we come in to try to see where their site is sitting at a certain spot. And we see the stuff that they were doing and it's just, uh, it's just not right. And, and, uh, for example, you'll have people using like, uh, um, you know, invalid uh, keys for software. So pretty much like illegal, illegally using software keys. Um, oh, you'll, okay. Gotcha. You know, gotcha. you know what I mean? So, yeah. So like use software keys for a bunch of the different sites that they're working on. And it's not, you know, if they don't have like an agency pack or something like that, they're not able to do that. And so we come across those situations and the business owner has no idea. They just assume that whatever this company is that they've partnered with is doing the right thing. And in a lot of cases, you know, there are some good companies out there, but there's also an equal or probably a lot more companies that um, are doing it to make a buck. And when you do it to make a buck, you're not putting the customer first. You're, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to hop around to as many different things as you can to fill your bank account. Damn, Damn dude. Yeah. That, that makes a frustrating thing. No question about it. First of all, I love the story about your dad. That was, that's super <laughs> cool because well, now, if he 
they don't say thank you, but, but Chick-fil-A, you know, is a prime example of the, I mean, I mean, those guys, they, they nailed it. The, my pleasure, they say it no matter what, and no matter how, what mood I'm in, when I go through, if I go through that drive through when they say that to me, it always puts a smile on my face. Yeah. I think, I swear to God, I think it has, that is why that company has did so well. I really do because they actually, whether they care or not, which I do believe they do. Yeah. Um, they make you feel like they care. And that goes right back to the six human needs. Number one is love. And you know what I'm saying? So it's yeah, that, absolutely, it's, yeah. that, it's that human interaction and, and, and to know that, Hey, there are good people out there instead of your person that you go through at, you know, a, a shittier fast food restaurant that <laughs> yeah. you know, they hand you your food. And like, basically they look at you like, why, why the fuck are you in a drive through? Like, yes. Yes. Yeah. I, it's so, I hate that. Yeah. But that's a really cool story. So tell me what kind of business, just a quick, an example of a business that you don't, not the name, but what kind of business have you gone into and fixed all their shit, so to speak? Yeah. So, um, the, probably one of the, the most recent examples would have been a, uh, a physical therapy company that we work with and they, they had worked with a previous designer and the designer, um, basically built the site. And they had run into issues with that person where they just kept asking for more money, more money, more money. Like things were taking longer than uh, anticipated. And so we, we took a step back and the site was performing pretty slow. And that was the thing where we were called in to help with was that, you know, help us fix this. And in technology, performance is like the ultimate thing that is no fun to troubleshoot because it's, uh, I mean, you're just chasing all over the place. It could be a number of different things. Performance is always hard to troubleshoot. Um, so we finally got to a point where the site was just, uh, it was just a little all tangled up behind the scenes. And we, uh, um, we worked with them out of plan to just redesign the site, do it differently, do it on a different platform. Um, and we were able to take their site and get it to a spot where, you know, they've been really happy with it. And we don't always want to do that. I mean, we want to do whatever makes the most sense for the business. But in that case, when you're talking about spending hours and hours and hours troubleshooting a site that maybe you're not hundred percent happy with anyway, versus, building something from scratch over here that, you know, you know what you're going to get right from the beginning. You know, you, you put those things in front of the customer and you basically say, all right, here's what we're looking at. We can spend this time over here. You're going to still be at the same site or we can um, stand up this new site and we can kind of, it's almost like a do over for them. Um, and it's not something they necessarily want to do because they just spent all this money on this other person over here, but we were able to work really closely with, with them. And, you know, funny story is we, before that customer, um, we had a really, we, we, right when we just got started, we had a really large um, proposal on the table. We went out, this is like our first, our first meeting with the first company. We had just started this business and we put together this uh, really fancy packet, you know, really, really colorful. It had all, everything outlined uh, with this business. And it was, uh, it was going to be a lot of money each month to do this. I mean, it was massive and it actually had us nervous. We were just like, all right, this is, this is putting us on the hook for a lot, you know, right out of the gate. And so we put that out there. We went and met with the business owners and uh, of this pretty large company. And, and when I say large, I mean, they're, they're a, probably what I would consider a small to midsize, not truly a large company, but um, you know, we ended up waiting and waiting and waiting and not getting it. Right. So it fell through, but I look at that now and, and my business partner and I, we don't know if we would have taken on this other job with this physical therapy company. If 
we would have got that because it would have been so many hours that we would have needed that we might have turned this other one down. And now this physical therapy company has turned into like our you know, one of our best customers. And so it's uh, it was like a blessing in disguise in that maybe we weren't ready for the prime time right out of the gate. We needed to build up our systems and everything like that, make sure that we had everything in place to best serve our customers and give them everything they need. And who knows? I mean, we would have figured it out with the, that initial company, but um, it's things like that that happen in your business that, um, you know, as, as Ed say, says, you know, things happen for you, not to you. And I think that that one is, is a perfect example of where we could have looked at that and, you know, gone and pouted about it. But the fact of the matter was, we know that because that happened, we now have a really, really good relationship with this physical therapy company. And uh, because of that, they've also introduced us to other people. It's just, it's kind of, it just keeps on, keeps on going and going and going. And so um, I guess, Real quick to get back to your original point, I think I almost sidestepped your question, but um, we've gone on to help them, uh, you know, help them with their, you know, they're creating eBooks and things like that. So they're doing a lot of digital sales that they hadn't done originally. And so we're able to help them get those things listed on their site and stuff like that. So it's kind of opening up a whole new um, channel for them where they've been purely a local company. And now they're able to start selling things on a more you know, worldwide scale, which uh, they're really enjoying and they're, they're doing a really good job with it too. You know, have you really thought about um, you saying that, you know, now they're on a worldwide scale. Have you thought about now how many people you've been able to touch by doing that? You know, I haven't, I haven't really thought about that, but that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. But because of you, they are where they are now. And there, you know, who knows how many customers they have, or I'm sure you, you may have an idea of how many emails yeah. or whatever it is they've sold. Yep. You've been able to touch every one of those people's lives and help them to have a better life. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. <laughs> that's a really good point. Yeah. Dude, like I mean, the, that's the, really cool. Yeah, that's massive impact that you just don't, you don't realize. I mean, you don't, you don't follow that chain all the way down. You just stop right at the customer, but yeah, if you follow that all the way through and see, all the other people that your customers are impacting. Right. Yeah. And, and then the people that they're actually doing the work with, not to mention that, you know, like the yeah. people that are hurt that are coming in from that ebook that you provided like shit, man, the chain goes on way on down the line. Yeah. So I'm going to circle back really quick. and we want to ask you, um, when you said you waited and waited and waited on that first person, so you presented, right? You felt like yep. you knocked it out of the park and oh, yeah. then you followed up. Yep. Right. And then what happened after the, say the first follow-up? Yeah. So they, they already had an existing company they were working with. Okay. Um, and it was a company that, I mean, a very well-established company in our market, um, probably one of the two largest in the market. So we knew that we had a, we had a challenge on our hands to try to beat out that company because that company was representing to them as well. Um, so yeah, we reached back out or I reached back out to the, uh, to our contact there. And uh, you know, ultimately he was like, they're, they're still thinking about it. They're still thinking about it. And we presented some interesting ideas to them that were a little bit outside of the norm with okay. what they traditionally would have done. And we thought that was going to help us with uh, help us kind of land them as a customer. But um, ultimately he, you know, he let us know that they were going to stick with who they were working with previously. And uh, it kind of just 
you know, they kind of went away at that point. All right. So the reason I asked the question, all right. So there's two things, cause you made me think of something else just now. Um, so how long did you and your partner like sit and cause look, I mean, if you're, you're like any other entrepreneur, if you've got a big deal on the line, you know, the fact is, let's just say that you're trying to sell a house and the house, you want it to close, but you're waiting on them to make a decision, right? Right. And you think, well, I, I don't, you know, I really need them to make this decision. And you wait a week, two weeks. How long did you wait? Just out of curiosity. Ball, ballpark it. Week, two um, weeks, five weeks? It would have been longer. It would probably have been a couple months. I mean, we were contacting them in between, but it was probably a two-month deal. So do you feel like if you could have just been, if you could have just maybe had a more direct conversation with them and said, Hey, you know, it doesn't seem like we're a good fit. Um, We're going to go ahead and move on now. Yep. Do you, you, by me saying that how much time and stress and worry and anxiety and just shit would that have saved you? Oh, a lot. I mean, we, and, and in all honesty, our proposal that we, our first, this was our first proposal that we created. Sure. And it didn't have a, it didn't have a, like an expiration date on it. Right. So usually when you submit a proposal, it says good until this date. And it's maybe like a month out. So you get somebody to make a decision. Um, this one we issued to them, it didn't have one. And so um, after that, we didn't make that mistake anymore because we, we wanted to have some sort of closure in a period of time that we, we knew because otherwise, like they did, they basically told us, you know, we're, we're going to think about this. We're going to think about it. We're going to think about it. But what you just said is something that um, absolutely, if we run into that issue again, we, we will be you know more direct about it and just kind of have a heart to heart and just say, Hey, we, if we're not right for each other, that's fine. We just, uh, we just need to, you know, need to know if we should, uh, if this is something we truly have a chance to you know work with you on sure and the reason you didn't press it was because you didn't want to lose the business right oh yeah yeah so the, so i say it that way because uh a, a mentor and he's actually one of my best friends i was going through a similar thing uh i don't know eight or nine months ago and he said Corey, um how how much how much is in your bank account from that deal right now and I said, none. And he went, then what the fuck are you going to lose? You have nothing to lose. You haven't gained anything. And I just, yeah. it was one of those moments. And I was like, shit. Because <laughs> if you think about it, you didn't lose anything because you didn't have anything to lose. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. So um, anyway, so that's why it was, it was such an impactful moment. I didn't love that moment but it was like (laughs) but it's so so true you know we think about the what ifs and and we wait but the fact is if we just take action yep and you know we're going to save ourselves a hell of a lot of time a lot of stress and a lot of worry sorry to sidetrack you on that but i just i thought i would bring that up because it was really important to me at the time and i thought it would you know it would probably resonate with you as well no, for sure. That's really good advice. That's yeah. We learned, you know, we learned the hard way, you know, and that's tends to be how it goes. Sometimes you just learn, learn through the mistakes that you make, but that was definitely a mistake that we made early on was that waiting, um, just waiting around too long for them to make their, take their time and make their decision. 
yeah for sure absolutely absolutely okay so let's move to the next one so uh so 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 uh a physical therapist would be your ideal person so to speak I just needed a, I just needed an idea of kind of what business yeah. you were talking about. Cause I, I was thinking, okay, well, like, is it plumber? Is it like, sure. But I guess it's any kind of any, like you said, small to mid-sized business. Okay. It's, um, it's kind of local. I mean, we're working with a lot of local businesses. So not necessarily businesses selling that are primarily selling online necessarily, but we we're helping local business to be able to sell some of their stuff or services online. Okay. So we're taking some of the companies that are a little bit, um, I don't say completely old fashioned, but they're a little bit behind the times on things and we're helping try to bring them, bring them into today's technologies and things like that. Probably really resistant because they've been doing it yep. their way for so long and they don't have the mindset that, that we do that you got, you got to be open to things because look, I mean, every five seconds technology changes. Like I you know, yeah. can hardly keep up. You probably keep up with it better than I do, but like, you know, it, you got to stay up with the times or you're going to great example. Uh, you know, Walmart, or no, I'm sorry, target target innovates constantly. Yeah. And, and, and then Walmart, same way. Kmart out of business because they stayed the same spot that they all, maybe I, I think most of them are out of business. Either yeah, way, I think so too. certainly not on the same playing field for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And like a radio shack, radio shack, same thing. <laughs> yes. Perfect. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, all right. Um, so that, all right, well, that gives you a, a really good idea kind of where you're at in your, in your, in your business life. So talk about, tell me a little bit about, you know, you said you grew up in a, in a, in a really good family. It sounds like your dad was really great. Uh, you've got three, three kids and, and obviously yep. a wife that you're still married to, I'm assuming. Yep. Okay. Oh yeah. You said 13 years. That's right. I forgot about that. Okay. So, um, so tell me what, um, you know, in starting your, your, or doing what you're doing now with your venture or whatever you want to call it side business. Yeah. uh, Yeah. You know, what do you fear the most about moving from that comfortable chair that you're in uh, if and when that day comes or you, or if you make yeah. that decision, yeah. what's, what's the biggest fear? I think the, the biggest fear, it, it's kind of a, it's a fear, but it's also a feeling of freedom, but it's, I think it's the fear that I am then responsible for my future. <laughs> not that, not that I'm not responsible. I mean, I am responsible for my future, but when you go from a, a spot where you're, um, you know, where you're getting a consistent paycheck and things like that to the point where, any sale could dictate or determine you know, what your paycheck might look like going forward. I think that's something where you, you pay much more close attention to all of your decisions that you're making, which is a good thing. I mean, it's a good thing to do. We should be thinking about it anyway. So I think that's probably my biggest fear. And, and in addition to that is making sure that, you know, getting to that point, I want to make sure that I'm not neglecting my family because when you do, when you, you're working a, a full-time job, and on top of that, you're, um, you know, growing a business and then you also have your family and everything with kids activities. And, um, it tends to be, at least historically for me, it, it's my, my kids and my wife that take the brunt of the time that I'm spending on these other things. And so I've been consciously thinking about that, especially in fact, Arte Live gave me a lot of things to think about there. 
um, related to that. Just, you know, that your kids are, your kids are watching, they see everything. I mean, they're, oh. they're, they're going to know, they're going to know if you, if you lie to them or you're making things up and, and all that. So I, I've really, since then, I've really been thinking about my time that I'm committing to them. I mean, even this morning, I'm, you know, I get done uh, exercising. I'm going through my second round of 75 hard right now. And so I'm, I'm early. I think I'm only, I'm on day 10 today. Um, but I just got done doing my morning workout and I'm getting ready to, uh, I was about to get ready for work. And my daughter comes over with a board game and she says, can we play a round of guess who basically? And I'm just like, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. I got to get going. I've got to hurry up. And, you know, I caught myself and I'm like, all right, let's play one round. And so, you know, I sit down with her. It literally took five minutes. Sure. Right. But it like, it made her, it made her super happy. And I mean, the old me, not that long ago, I would have left it at that. And I would have, I wouldn't have played that game right there at that moment. I said, we'll do it after work. And I think trying to carve out those times like that are things that I, I have to, I have to think about. And that makes me really nervous. I'm fearful of that where, you know, I can climb to the top and I have no doubt that I'm going to get to the top, you know, wherever I put that top at, but I don't want to be there alone. And that's, uh, that's something that, that frightens me for sure. Some, something always, as you said, like my family sometimes takes the brunt of it most or most of the time, there's always a sacrifice. If you're, if you're in business for yourself, you're an entrepreneur, that something, whether it be a a husband, a wife, your children, or your other position, or there's something that you have, I, I say you have to inevitably it just happens that way it does yeah. because juggling all of those balls is almost impossible you know unless you just decide not to sleep <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean you know so yeah, yeah, yeah. but i think i think that was such a good point that video tore me up dude oh for sure oh yeah. that was tough yeah. man it was tough so yeah. that's really i you know i admire you for taking that five minutes because i you know, I'm sure I do it unconsciously. I don't even think, I probably don't even think twice about it. And, you know, and those are the times that people talk about wanting to get back. Yeah. I shouldn't say a struggle, but it's, I'm so driven. Like with whatever I do, I put everything I have into it. Mm -hmm. I can't do that with everything. Yep. And so it is a balancing act for sure. So, um, so, so tell me about your experience with your first 75 hard. Did you complete it all in one round? I did. So I got through the 75 days. It was, I mean, it was tough in the beginning. I've always been someone that's consistently exercised and I eat pretty healthy. So some of those things were um, just, it was just what I was already doing anyway. Um, so I got through the first 75 days. It included, uh, my wife and I took a trip out to, um, Colorado during, and we did a couple other things too, that we had to continue to do it. So we drove out to Colorado from here. Um, she was doing it at the same time as me. So, you know, we're stopping at the gas station, like going to the bathroom every like however many miles, cause we're trying to get our gallon of water, you know, done during our drive. Um, but it was, it was good. It was, it was a tough experience. Um, and then I went right into phase one and got fa- through phase one, but then I got to phase two and I made it to day 22 or something like that. Um, and I was on, I want to say like I was on day 23 and I was going back looking through my progress pictures and all of a sudden my heart just sank. Oh. And, 
I looked and I saw, you know, I followed all the dates all the way through. And I was like, you know, just looking at the progress. I wasn't checking up on myself to see sure. if I did it right. I was just looking at the progress. And all of a sudden there was nothing from yesterday. Like, the, you know, that day before. And I'm just like, no, this, this can't be true. And I just became so, it just became like such, I thought such a habit and I wasn't thinking about it and I missed it. I didn't take a picture on that day. And I, so I failed, I failed phase, uh, phase two. And, um, I was, man, I was, I was not happy. <laughs> that was, that was something that really, really frustrated me. And so I got to a point where I was like, all right, I need to start phase two over again. And then I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to just start the whole thing over again. And so I asked my wife, I'm like, Hey, are you cool if I do this again? Cause it's going to, and, and the other thing that intrigued me about it is the fact that because I live in Iowa, we have obviously cold weather in the winter. And when I did 75 hard the first time, it was during the summer. And so, I mean, temperature wise, weather wise, it was easy. Right. So I'm going to, I'm going to be doing this now during, you know, we're going to, there's going to be days where it's going to be, you know, could be blizzard conditions outside or whatever. And I'm going to have to get my butt out there and do this. And so that intrigued me because I think it'll push me a little bit harder than the first time around. And yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Actually. It's kind of weird. I feel like I'm kind of a crazy person when, when I, when so, I think no, I think, no, I, when you say that I, I would have the same thought actually. Yeah. What, what was the one thing out of the, you know, five things that we had to do, I think it was five. What, what was the one thing that was the most challenging in terms of either allotting time or just are the or remembering or making or, or the uncomfortableness, you know, what was that for you? Um, I think it was the two workouts having to do two of them because so doing the workout in the morning before work, that was always easy for me. I'd get up early and I'd go do my workout, but knowing that my evenings usually consisted of like kids activities and then also working on my business <laughs> and uh, things like that my 45 minute workouts tend to take me an hour and a half because I, you know, I, I don't know why, but it just, I wasn't always very good with my time of, you know, stretching out, doing all these different things and finally getting to my workout. Then after I'm done, like showering and all that stuff. And by the time I'm done with it, it's like an hour and a half. And so um, that second workout is always tough um, because it's just taking away from a lot of, like you said, there's, I mean, there's no balance. There's no such thing as balance. And so, mm-hmm it's, it's eaten out of one of those, one of those different pillars. So it's like, which pillar is this going to eat out of? Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, um, so the, uh, the reading part was that, that the part that I thought was going to be the, the most nightmares because I didn't read, I listened to audiobooks and like, I, yeah. <clears throat> but now I read every single day, every single day. It's just part of what I do. So, yep. Yep. No, I, was, I, I agree. I'm the same way. I'm an, I'm an audiobook guy. So I listen to audiobooks all the time and I, I rarely read print books. I, I just don't. So this got me back in that habit, just like you said. So that's cool. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, cool, man. So, um, let me think, let's see. Uh, you said that you didn't really have a lot of, you know, you, you didn't really have anything in your childhood that, that, was devastating or anything like that what um can you think back of when you did have a dark moment like when was there a moment where you know like andy talks about you know he's andy goes andy goes through dark moments you know often as do a lot of entrepreneurs um i feel like 
when was that moment for you or, or was there a moment that you could think back to that you were like, you know, why, why, have it, why am I doing all this? Like I, I should just stop now or whatever yeah. that may be for you. Yeah. And it probably goes back to like 2008 uh, or eight, sorry, 2018. I mean, just like just last year, um, I might have my years off. It was either 2017, 2018, but it was right after that Amazon piece. I, before I got motivated to start thinking about something else, I, I had those thoughts. I thought to myself, I'm like, why am I putting in all this extra time? I could come home from work, could sit down, just relax and, uh, you know, just spend all my time, you know, just chilling out with the family or watching TV, watching sports, doing all those things. And, um, and it would be easy and it would be comfortable. And, and it really was because I, because, because that experience of the podcast and the Amazon business, because they weren't necessarily like quote unquote successful, sure. I, you know, I saw that as failure. I'm like, man, am I ever going to be able to figure out a business? Am I ever going to be able to start a business? Why, why can't I do this? Why can't I figure this thing out? You know, you see all of the things that are happening on the internet and all these people that are, you know, quote unquote successful. You don't know if they're really successful, but you see people who are successful and you're just like, man, if they can do it, why can't I? But I'm not, I'm, I'm failing at this thing. So, you know, why am I even wasting my time on this? I can go another five years of doing this, but it didn't take, I mean, those things don't last super long. I mean, my, my last couple of days where I'm, I'm thinking that way, but then I'm so, I'm such an action oriented person. I have to be doing something. I can't, I, I can never be somebody who is going to be sitting on a couch and doing nothing. Like it drives me crazy. And that's why I have a hard time just sitting down with my family, chilling out and spending time with them. Like I would rather be outside, like throwing a football with my kids or playing catch. And so if they don't want to, like if they just want to spend their time on a computer or a device or something like, man, that's, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to play video games with you. I want to like go do something where we're actually like moving, you know, there's some sort of movement involved. Yeah. Um, I totally agree. Um, I totally, I, idle time for me is, it's not, uh, I, I don't, I don't like to be idle. No matter, I, I just don't. I mean, even on vacation, like even thought of like vacation and I, I want to be doing shit. I, I don't want to be laying on the beach doing nothing. Yep. Like it, I, the last thing I want to be doing. Oh yeah. I'm exactly the same way. Yes. So, um, well, cool, dude. Well, look, I really, really, really appreciate you sharing everything that you have today. I think your story's fantastic, whether you think it is or not. I mean, <laughs> you know, you've gone through some things that a lot of people have you ever gone through. Like, I, I think the Amazon thing's just crazy. All the shit you had to do to try to to try to make who knows what how much money it didn't seem. Yeah, like how, yeah. there's a lot of movement. There was a lot of movement. To, yep. to get to the end game with that. I mean, a lot of movement. Yeah. So it's, and that's a good thing, right? So out of all those things, and I didn't realize it at the time, but as I've slowly matured <laughs> over the years, like I, I've realized that out of each of those failures, right. I, there, there's things I pluck out of there. There's things that I learned and there's things that I'm not going to make some of those mistakes again. I'm not going to, I'm not going to rush into something again without, fully understanding what I'm getting into and what my motivations are. Cause I think the motivations behind something that that can stop you really quick if your motivations are wrong. And Absolutely. so I've been able to figure that out at least. Yeah, I will. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Which kind of circles back to our very first, you know, when we very first started talking about, yeah. Uh, you know, if your intent is off and you're, you know, like Ed talks about incongruency, you know, it, it's a real thing. If your you intention's wrong, dude, people know. 
people know and and they can read that shit all over your face oh yeah so um well thank you very much dude i cannot thank you enough ryan i really 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 appreciate it and you know where uh can you tell us where to find you on instagram yeah uh our um i guess trying to think of the rd glick 721 so rdglick 721 on instagram perfect all right brother well look whenever um it's gonna be a few weeks there's no question about it but uh i'll let you know when this thing drops and i'm excited to share it with the with everybody cool thanks Corey. i really appreciate it man you got it brother thank you have a good day hey you too later all right later Thank you for tuning into the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at coreybarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.